Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Welcome to this week's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. Today, I am going to be talking about wholesale, and it's a solo episode today, so you've got me all to yourself for the next 30 minutes or so. Yes, so we're going to be talking about wholesale. We're going to be talking about the why, the where, the how, and the when. So with the why, we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of wholesaling your product, working out if it's right for you, and why buyers need your products. Where, deciding which retail platforms suit your business best and where you can get your products in front of prospective buyers. How, what you need to have in place, where to find the contacts and when, looking at buying calendars and when buyers are looking for your products. So with the why and the pros and the cons, obviously you'll reach a wider audience. So wider audience means increased sales and increased volume of orders and more exposure for your brand. So with that increased volume of orders, you could then hopefully renegotiate your cost prices from your supplier and make more margin. With increased exposure also leads to increased sales, but with the exposure, that's something that you can leverage off new audiences who then may go directly to your own website to see what else you've got on offer rather than buying from that retailer. Some of the the cons of wholesaling, you have less control of your stocks and your retail prices. So you can give a suggested retail price, but if an item isn't working for a certain retailer and they need to mark it down, then they can do it. You'll make less margin. Everyone needs to make a piece of the pie. So the retailer will need to make a a decent margin as well. And you could face cancellations. So this happened more during the pandemic. Imagine you are a bridal brand. You've got orders in place. You've had product made but all the shops closed down and no one's getting married. So you could have faced cancellation. So it's just thinking about those contracts that you have in in place. What do you have that can cover that? And another thing to be aware of is non-payment. So some smaller brands may have experienced in the past not being paid by a retailer. So if that retailer went into administration or liquidation, then they wouldn't have been paid. So there is a particular stationary brand who is known for, you know, they've been bought and sold quite a few times over the last year. And it has meant that some of those stationary suppliers to them and stationary small businesses that have supplied them products are out of pocket by five, 10, 15,000. So it's just a A note of caution for you to make sure that you're partnering with those that you know are secure financially. And I know nobody has a crystal ball, but it's just something to bear in mind that you're partnering with those people that are financially secure, that you've done your own bit of research and due diligence in terms of what's their past behavior. Are they known for something like that? And, um, you know, where you can get paid pro forma, so get paid in advance. And with big retailers, they generally wouldn't do pro forma payments, but do your own research, see what their past behaviors are like. And if you're not being paid pro forma, just making sure that you're you're paid when you can be. You're just, like I said, just do that due diligence and that you're partnering with the people that you can trust. 
But before you decide to wholesale, one of the key things that you need to look at is how you're setting your prices and what kind of margin you make. So what I would suggest that you do is have a look at the competition and the market. Do your research and see where are your competitors setting their prices and who are their stockists? How in demand is your product? How unique is it to the market and what makes you different? So this will all help you when you're putting together your your wholesale deck as well and understanding what your USP is. You know, you need to understand also where your brand is positioned in the market. So are you mid-market, low market, low price? Are you mid-market, mid-price? Are you high, you know, high-end, high price? And does your branding, your packaging and your, you know, pricing reflect that? And another thing to think about with this as well, I'm going to talk about more about price and margin in a minute, but is your packaging fit for retail? So if you need to have something that explains how you use it, do you have that? Is that on your packaging? So if you ha- saw it on a shelf and it was in the shelf in John Lewis or whatever it would be, does it, is it packaged robustly? Is it Does it say how you use something? Does it give you directions and instructions? Is it consumer friendly? So that's some of the things that you need to think about before you start going into this uh, wholesale side of things. If you're, if you're just going to be approaching e-com businesses, then, you know, your packaging doesn't have to be bricks and mortar ready. If you are developing packaging, try and get it developed properly from the beginning so that you don't have to then reinvest further down the line. So then think about profit and and what profit you need to make. And what I want you to make sure that you're taking into consideration is not just your cost of goods, but the time it takes you to do everything and pack the products. And this is all time and money. So if you're making the products yourself, what time does that take? So as your brand scales, you would need to pay someone to do that. So you need to make sure that you're building those kind of costs in for the beginning. So other some of the other things that go into, you know, the cost would be your, your, your raw materials, your fabric, your labor costs, like I mentioned, your labeling and trims packaging, and then also transport. So if you're importing goods from Europe, China, wherever it might be, your your freight and your shipping and any insurances for you to bring that in. Now, why buyers need your products? Like some people will say to me, oh, I don't, you know, why would they be interested in my brand? Why, you know, what would they want from me? Or And some clients that I speak to feel that their brand might not be needed, or they feel very nervous about approaching buyers. But buyers need choice and variety. They want to offer choice and variety to their customers and your brand helps them do that. So you're helping them do their job. You're filling a gap for them. So products might not have arrived from their own suppliers or they might have a gap in their range that they need to fill. You're also helping them attract a new audience. So you might have a younger demographic and they might want to attract more of that younger demographic. And so they're looking at brands who are in that space. And that will then have a halo effect on the rest of their sales. Also, buyers have budgets that they need to meet. And to do that, they need, you know, they need to have the stock to do it. So by stocking your stock, it helps them do it. And it's less risk for them to buy, you know, smaller quantities that they can trial with brands than maybe developing that type of product themselves and bringing it in. Now, what I want you to do now is make sure that you check your retail prices, your cost prices, and work out your profit margins. If you want to be stocked at retail, you want to be making a profit margin of between 70 to about 85%. So that's basically, if you were selling direct to a consumer, you make between 70 and 85% profit margin because your buyer will need to make a markup, and I'll explain this in a minute, anything between 2.1 and a 2.8. If you, for example, let's say you buy your item for £2.50 
and you sell it for £12. So your margin percentage is 79%. Then you sell to your buyer at £5 and you make a £2.50 profit or a 50% profit margin. They retail it at 12 So what they've done is they've marked it up 2.4 times. They've marked up the wholesale price of £5 that you've sold to them by 2.5 to get to the 12, which is the suggested selling price that you're selling for. So play that slowly, make notes for you to have to have a think about that. So everyone needs to make a piece of the pie. And like I said, a retail buyer will need to make between a 2.1 and a 2.8 markup. Now, the markup I'm talking about between 70 and 85% profit margin is based more on clothing, homewares goods. You know, if you were in the food space, if you're in the electrical space, they have different jewelry is different as well. You know, so this is more clothing, lingerie, homewares, stationery. This is the kind of profit margin I'm talking about here. So when you are thinking about, right, okay, where do I want to see my products? And that is what, before you start kind of doing a blanket approach of approaching buyers, you know, think about where do you really want to see your products? Where do you want to see them on the shelf? Where does your customer shop? You know, what would be the best fit for you? And then think about what your business objectives are and how you are set up. So some of the things that you want to ask, obviously, is where do you want to see your products? Who are your ideal stockists? make a note of those. How much control and exclusivity do you want of your brand? So is it something that you don't mind seeing in every high street store? You know, do you basically, or do you want to it to be more exclusive and very much you want to just select a few retailers and that you want to partner with? And think about, are you set up for larger orders and could you fulfill these if they were placed? So if a big retail, retailer came in and said to you, right, I need 10,000 units of this. Can you do that? And if you can't do it right now, when could you do that? And it's just really important to make sure if you are working with bigger retailers that you're not over-promising and under-delivering. You know, they will know products have a lead time and that's what you need to understand yourself. You know, what's my lead time for? If you're going to be speaking with bigger retailers, what's my lead time for? A thousand units. What's my lead time for? Two thousand units, three thousand units, et cetera, so that you can give them the answers that they need. And if you don't know them during meetings or if you don't know them, you can get back to them, but just don't. Yes. And then how much do you want wholesale to be part of your total business? You know, for some, it will play a big part. And for others, you know, you'll work more direct consumer. And there's some brands that don't go into wholesale at all just because they they want to keep their prices at a certain retail price. They don't, based on their existing sourcing, they don't have the margin to do it, but they're happy with the reach that they have with their customers in terms of there's more potential for them to reach new customers directly rather than you doing wholesale. So you can obviously... From a where you should wholesale, think about boutiques, department stores, multiple chains. So that's a good place for you to start and to build up your wholesale business. It will take more time, but make sure that you reach out to those retail buyers and store owners and develop that rapport and relationship for those that are aligned with your brand. There's a great podcast episode, which is episode 69 with Kate Roth, who is the founder of Wild Source Skincare. And we talk about, she's now stopped in Liberties and was recently in the Liberties advent calendar. But it took her, you know, I said to her during that podcast, you know, how many times did you actually get in touch with Liberties? And she said, probably emailed them 15 to 20 times, you know, wholesale and approaching your wholesale. It's a it's a long game. It's and it's something that you need to do consistently to to grow your business. You know, it's not things aren't going to happen overnight. And if they are fantastic, if they do, you know, well done. But for many, it is very much 
you know, keeping in touch, keeping in contact, looking at their social media, understanding what's going on in their business so that when there's the right hook, you've got a hook to use in your emails of saying, right, I saw this, this is how we could help you with that, X, Y, Z. It's keeping in contact because no will take you a closer to a yes. And then think about marketplaces. So you've got marketplaces like Anchor Store, Creo8, Fair, and these are very good. From a buyer point of view, they're so handy because you go on and everything's in one place. You don't have to search loads of different websites. You can search it by category. If I take Fair, for example, they give preferential credit terms. Sometimes they, they help with the shipping side of things as well. So from a buyer's point of view, marketplaces like Fair, Anchor Store and Creo8 are great and really useful. From a brand's point of view, it can take a lot of that. You can direct people to it so that it can manage a lot, most of your wholesale side of things. They do take a commission, which I think is about 25% commission on the customers that they introduce to you. But if you bring buyers to the platform, that it's not percent commission. So another episode for you to listen to on the podcast is episode 73 with Lucy Jeffrey, who grew her brand Bearkind, which is bamboo socks on fair. And she turned over in the year, it was 100K in the year and with just 4% commission to fair. So if you want to check that one out in terms of how she used them and how helpful they were with her setting up the brand. But marketplaces are great if you are a homewares, interiors, stationary brand. But definitely have a look, sign up and check out those platforms to see which is the right one for you. And then you've got trade fairs. Now, at a trade fair, you're going to be able to access several bars at one time, but the cost of the stands and exhibiting can be expensive. So I'd always recommend to attend the potential trade fair as a visitor first before you invest to make sure it's right for you, you know, that the right brands are there. If it's one that you can't get to since the pandemic, trade fair websites have really upped their websites in terms of the information they have on the other exhibitors and the other brands that are there. So do your research online as well. You know, what kind of brands are going there? What is it your, the the right kind of thing for your customers as well, your potential customers, but if you can do an in-person visit before you invest. So what I want you to do now, make a list of where you want to see your products, investigate which marketplaces might be right for you and check to see which may be the suitable trade fairs for your product type. Keep a Google spreadsheet of this all in the one place that you can refer back to. If you are contacting, if you're at the stage where you're able to contact retailers and uh, reaching out to people, then keep a wholesale tracker of who you contacted, when you contacted them, what the outcome was, and then you know diarize when you're going to contact them again so that you can refer to that weekly and keep that updated. It's all it's great to have it one place because you're not going to be able to track this in your mind. And also, if it's something that you want to delegate to someone further on, you've got all the contacts already in one place. So then how do you wholesale? So you've decided on your prices and you know retailers that you want to reach out to. So these are the things for you to think about for your next step. Start connecting with the retailers and brands. You could do this on LinkedIn. You could do it on social media, connect directly via email and build the rapport follow, comment, like, email them, pick up the phone. Networking events are great as well. Think about also deciding on your wholesale range. Now, you don't need to make your whole range available if certain items don't have the profit margins that you need them to be. You could decide on what your wholesale range is going to be and which pieces you're going to wholesale. 
and then making sure that you've got great images of your of your product. So photography is key here. Buyers are really visual. Many buyers will want to use your photography for the website. So making sure that you've got both product shots and if you can, editorial images as, as well. And then you want to create your wholesale PDF. So if you go onto Canva and you can create something through there, I like it landscape rather than portrait in terms of just a format. But this does not have to be chapter and verse. You know, don't send something to buyers that is 40 pages long because they just do not have the time to read it. But what you do want to include is a bit about you and the brand, maybe what your brand values are, or what your mission is, making sure you've got amazing imagery with product reference codes so that they can easily kind of say, right, okay, they can refer back to it in terms of what they want to buy. If sustainability is a big part of your brand or your message, you know, include that in terms of what your sustainable credentials are. Call out your best sellers as well, because, you know, buyers don't have a lot of, they want to, they might say, right, just tell me what your top five best lines are. If you've already got that maybe earmarked in your wholesale brochure, then, you know, you've, you're doing the job for them. If you receive a lot of press or social media or influencer call outs, you know, include those in some way in your um, PDF. And then on your maybe on your last page, you'd have something about the contact details, you know, um, your social media handles, maybe your payment terms and that that kind of thing. But I would say it's no more than 15 pages. If you've got a if you've got lots of products, I would probably you could do maybe a snapshot of particular cat categories. It's more for them to see what you're about, see the kind of um, retails that you've got. And, you know, to make that first connection, what I would also include when you're reaching out is a line list, but I would not include this in your wholesale PDF. Do this as a separate spreadsheet. And what your line list has, it would have your product reference codes, your pack sizes, your wholesale cost price, your recommended retail price, um, clothing. If it's, if you're selling in certain size ratios, you would have that there. So, um, this is more the the kind of specifics of the product and the prices. So you don't put that in your PDF. You put your products and your retail prices in your PDF or your selected products and your retail prices in your PDF, but all your wholesale prices and um, all that kind of thing for the, for the rest of your range, put it in a, a line list um, that you can create on Excel. Now, with your line list, um, if you've got a minimum order value that needs to be placed, make sure that you've got that up at the top somewhere. And that might be by quantity or by by uh, value. Uh, like I said, your pack sizes and your suggested retail prices and your payment time terms. And if your prices are including that or excluding that, then what you want to do is make sure that they know how to order. So this you can put both on your line list, but also on the back page of your wholesale PDF. So the way I have seen this in the past is you may have a specific wholesale section on your website or through Shopify that the buyer can buy directly. Um, your website, you may direct them to your consumer website, but give them a discount code so they've got the correct prices. They could have a simple order form that they put their order in and email back to you, or they might simply email you and say, I want this many of this, this many of this. Um, if you're dealing with a large retailer, they're going to have their own purchase order system for you to receive their order. And just to note, if you are dealing with a large retailer, um, they generally wouldn't pay pro forma or deposit, you would be paid on either 30, 60, 90, or 120 days in some instances. So it's just one of the definite questions that you will want to ask if you're meeting uh, buyers, what is the um, what are the payment terms? So before you're approaching retailers, particularly the big ones, 
what you need to think about is who else do they stock? What are the gaps? What do you do that they don't have? And what kinds of retail prices are your products and how do they compare? Are their values aligned with yours? And, you know, is it, does it make sense to your consumer, you know, for their customer to see your brand in their store? And then is there anything that they're talking about on social media um, or on their website that's relevant to you that you could use as a hook when you're contacting them? So now decide on your wholesale range and your prices, check your photography is of a good standard, create your wholesale PDF, create your line list and decide on which retailers you're going to target. Reach to them when you reach out to them when you've done the above and then decide on any of the marketplaces that are right for you as well. And what I have for you with this is um, a little treat, something that we can help each other. Um, I would love to get more reviews on the on the for the podcast. So if you would like me to do a critique of your wholesale PDF, what I would like you to do is do a review, post a review on the podcast, send me a screenshot um, via DM on Instagram. This sounds a bit long-winded, but just bear with me. Send me a screenshot um, via DM on Instagram, and then I'll get in touch with you and you can send me your wholesale PDF and I'll give you a five-minute free video. I'll do a video recording of what I would change, improve, or add to your wholesale PDF. So if you would like me to see that, all you need to do is post a review of the podcast on Apple, send me a screenshot of the review, and then I'll be in touch and you can email me your wholesale PDF and I'll do a five minute uh, video for that review. Anyway, moving on, you want to think about when to wholesale. So buyers will be working on different product launches at different times, depending on the business, depending on the scale of the business, whether you're talking to a large retailer or a small, you know, a small boutique. Small boutiques might be buying at, um, you know, every three months, or they might be buying seasonally, or they might have a gap, or they might have someone might live let them down, um, or they might be starting out and they need, you know, they need the product. So smaller buyers and boutiques will will vary. Um, but generally, they would do their big buying kind of seasonally at trade fairs as well. Um, because that's when if they're buying brands, that's when some of the bigger brands, they would be showcasing their, their ranges. So like six months in advance that they'll be buying for the next season. And but don't worry if you're not that organized that you don't have that ready yet. Some some retailers will need stock right now. So they'll be looking at, you know, your existing ranges. But it is great to try and get into that practice that you're forward planning in terms of right. So we're not this is being recorded in January. So, you know, what does your autumn range look like? Because that's what some of the bigger retailers will be looking for now. So with trade fairs, they're generally in January, July, September, and October. So January, February, July, September, and October, depending on the product type. But um, and they are they will be showing product that's, you know, between three and six months in advance. And some are available now. So it's a bit of a mix in terms of when buyers are buying, but don't let it stop you from starting your wholesale. So what some of the buyers may want to know from you, and again, this is potentially maybe more some of the things that some of the bigger retailers might ask you is, do you have a set a sales history so that you can demonstrate that it's a viable product or that, you know, they might just ask for some sales feedback? What retailers are you already stocking? Um, where are you already? Um, you know, what brands are you already, what retailers are you already in? Has your product been featured in the press or what kind of social media following you have? Or are you using influencers in your marketing? You know, if it's a new brand, you know, what's your marketing launch planned? Um, who are you getting involved? What are the kind of things that you're doing? 
And also think about if you've got samples of the product that you can leave with them and larger retailers will definitely need these for meetings. And also they may ask about, you know, how sustainable the products are, how ethical they are, you know, um, and what claims you can make with that. So if you have found that useful, there are lots more things that I can help you with this that I share on Instagram and other podcasts, episodes with other guests that I've mentioned already. So tune in to those. Connect with me on Instagram at, at the Bar and Retail Coach. Check out my website, www.thebarandretailcoach.com, where I will be sharing more around wholesale, creating items that you can buy, spreadsheets that you can use. So keep an eye out for that. And I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope you found it useful. Like I said, don't forget to do that review and I'll be able to give you a critique of your own wholesale deck and give you some pointers about what you should do and how you can improve. But that's it from me and I'll be back again next week with another great guest.